I mean, I haven't, I haven't even had the time to adjust to the fact that it's a world record crowd. It, it felt amazing um, to be there. I mean, the, the crowd was amazing. It felt, I don't know, it felt a bit surreal. Um, now that I'm seeing everything, uh, all the videos, all the tweets on social media and stuff, uh, it sort of sinks in that it's a world record crowd. But when I was there, I was just watching and feeling, oh, my God, what, what is going on? I'm so used to smaller crowds, like, you know, 3,000, 4,000 tops. But mm. so, so, so what was it that drew this huge crowd? I mean, the crowds you've just mentioned there, the crowds you're used to, 2,000, 4,000. That's kind of what we see uh, in the WSL. That's a good crowd in the WSL here in England why was this such a such a vast uh, number of spectators um i think there are a few elements i think your average game wouldn't um obviously get this type of crowd um basically because many of the teams play in training grounds which are further out from the city so commute is quite difficult they also put a lot of effort into marketing this big game so we've had a few in uh, la liga this year in which they've opened up men's stadium for uh, the women's games and they've actually done a very big marketing effort on the club side and also in La Liga, but it's more treated, I would say, as a special occasion. I think when it comes to maintaining this over um, the whole year, that's where the challenge is. So I would still say that this is like a special event, like a you know a festivity, something to to enjoy, to celebrate. In this case, it was Barcelona and um, Atletico de Madrid, who are the two top teams in in La Liga. Um, it was the opportunity for Barcelona to you know come closer to Atletico de Madrid who were six points ahead. So it was definitely um, considered a big match. I don't think it's necessarily because it was um, those two teams, because we've seen, like in, in Spain, quite, like I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago, uh, a second division team drew 10,000 people into their men, men's stadium. But I think mm. there is an element of marketing it as, as something special, a lot of effort on the club side to make it as something big for the city, something that you want to attract, especially your club supporters that support the men's side to over to the game. And was there was there a lot of that? You, you feel there were a lot of people there who would usually go and watch, watch men's football who had been able to find out about this match. And because it was happening at a stadium that everyone knows, do you, do you think those were key parts of why this, this huge crowd attended? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think there was a big effort to sort of try and get people that would regularly go to watch uh, Atletico de Madrid go over and support the uh, women's side too. Um, there was like the the whole marketing campaign that the um, club did for this game was amazing. Like, they, for example, um, the men's team is commemorating players that have got a hundred caps with nameplates outside the stadium and they were doing it for the um, for the men's side only and it was this week that they actually got three of the women to get their nameplates um, there too which they obviously promoted across their main uh, social media channels so that went out to your regular supporter that would come to support the men and I would say that um, in attendance were like the same sort of people that you would get to a um, you know, to a men's game, I would say maybe you would get a few more kids because some of the tickets were given us invites to schools and to different club teams. But it wasn't that much of a, there wasn't that much of a difference, I would say. Was the ticket price that you paid similar to what you would usually pay? Um, so I paid for um, one of the, I think it was not 
not the um, most expensive one, definitely. But I think the range of prices went from five euros all the way. They were like, obviously, the exclusive ones were a bit more expensive. But I paid around 11 euros, something like that, which is, I would say, what you would probably pay i think when you go to um athletic uh, the madrid stadium like the in the training grounds that when uh, where the women play normally i would say that's uh, about right um it was obviously a good opportunity also for people to come and visit uh, the wanda metropolitano stadium for the first time which is quite new um so that was a great opportunity uh, for them so i think prices also helped and ticket holders could get their tickets for free um so that also helped definitely um get a big crowd which is uh, obviously a challenge for the women's side to get people to actually pay higher prices to go and watch this kind of games. How did the, obviously it would have been a lot busier and a, and a lot louder than the games you're used to going to, but how else did the atmosphere compare? Do you go to a lot of men's football as well? And was this more like a men's football atmosphere? Was it a bit more tribal? Was it perhaps less family friendly or actually was it uh, just the same as usual, but on a, on a bigger scale with more people there? Um, I think for me, it was something in between. Um, it was much closer to what you would see um, when you go to, to watch the men um, in, the, in the sense that you've got your um, all your singing and your chanting, which was way louder. Uh, it was also led by the regular supporters that go and watch the men's side. So it felt quite similar in that sense. There was, I would say, less swearing probably. <laughs> um, although there was a, quite a lot of complaining when the crowd felt that <laughs> the referee was not calling it right. But um, I would say quite similar to what you see on the men's side, less aggressive, I'm probably, but um, it was very exciting. Everyone was you know, jumping up and down. Whereas when you go and see the women, sometimes you just there's well, it depends on when where you go and see them. Not all mm. stadiums are the same, but it's normally quieter. I would say. Mm. So they they play their games all over Madrid, do they? They don't have a a regular home venue. Oh, no, yeah, they do. Uh, it's outside Madrid. It's in a small town um, town called Majadahonda, which is where they have, uh, that it has their training grounds for the men and women. And okay. that's where the women normally play. Uh, but yeah, um, I've also been to watch Barcelona in the uh, Ministeri, which is the second, um, you know, stadium that they've got alongside the Camp Nou, which is quite big. And the atmosphere there is not the same, um, I would say. So um, you could definitely feel the excitement. You could feel it was a big day. Um, uh, the game itself, obviously, it didn't go your way. It didn't go Atletico Madrid's uh, way. But just kind of tell us a bit about how they're doing and, and how you feel about the future for your team. Um, well, I actually thought it was... I, I know I shouldn't say this, but I actually thought it was quite good that it didn't go Atleti's way because Atleti mm -hmm. are, uh, well, were six points ahead of Barcelona and it was seven matches till the end of the season. So they were coming into this game. If they had won the game, the league was more or less, you know, already decided. And they, um, everyone would know that uh, Atletico was most probably going to win the league. Uh, right now, because uh, Barcelona won, they're only three points ahead, so it means they have they still have six matches. A lot can happen. It's true that Barcelona have Champions League, which means extra games, but um, still everything is to be decided, which I think is really good for the league itself. Um, in terms of Atletico de Madrid, I would say uh, the pressure is always on Barcelona because they have the uh, bigger budget, they have the <laughs> bigger names. So the pressure is always on Barcelona to, to do better, and Atleti managed to 
they have that um you know underdog kind of i don't think you can call it underdog anymore but they sort of like that feeling of not being the ones with the big pressure um and they've been doing quite well for the last three years um they change managers, still doing quite well as a team, as a whole. Um, as opposed to Barcelona, where I would say you've got um, bigger names um, and they're struggling a bit more to turn that into a whole team that works together. But um, I think it's pretty exciting for Atleti. They also have the Copa de la Reina, which is the cup um, that we have, um, the cup tournament that they have here in Spain. Um, and they managed to beat Barcelona in the semifinals um, a month ago or so. So they're heading into that too. Um, so I think, yeah, pretty positive. I, I don't think they can complain. Uh, here in England, obviously, we're, we're excited that Tony Duggan scored uh, for Barcelona in the, in the game today. I mean, how is she viewed in Spain? I think she she's actually um, very highly regarded. I've been to a couple matches um, in uh, the mini study to watch Barcelona with the um, home crowd, and she's actually very well liked. I would say um, among uh, Barcelona supporters, and it was also like a, obviously a very good opportunity for her to come in as a sub and, and score that goal, um, which I would say was partially being in the right place at the right time, <laughs> partially Atleti being a bit unlucky with that. Yeah, but but she did really well, uh, and I think she she's doing well. She's finding her place in in Barcelona, and she's definitely appreciated by the the home crowd. Yeah. And what's the feeling in Spain? Less than three months now to the World Cup. I sense in England that it, there's more interest than usual. Um, I don't think it's completely taken off yet. For those who aren't familiar with women football, women's football, I don't think it's kind of necessarily yet tapped into the the wider national consciousness. But I really think it's going to when it starts this summer. Do you sense it's different in Spain this time round? Are more people aware of it? And do you think it's going to be the, the biggest that the Women's World Cup has ever been in Spain? Um, that's a great question. I think in terms of the biggest that it's ever been, definitely, because it's never been very big. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't think that's that hard to fit. But I think there's a similar feeling to the one you mentioned. Like, you know, it's people are starting to get aware. It's not picked in yet, but, you know, slowly we're getting there. And I think there's a big difference, I would say, with the federation um, and the way the national team is marketed and the the league, um, the way the different clubs market their um, teams. And I think that's where the Spanish national team still needs to, you know, um, step up and say, we're going to market our players uh, much more. So to create a bit more hype, I would say um, there is, there's going to, definitely be much more expectation but the fact that some of the um the games that the um team has played in the well some all of the games that the team has played in the Algarve Cup have not been streamed um or aired on a tv anywhere for Spanish people to watch things like that don't don't help when it comes to exposing the national team to a larger audience 